What's up? This is Lorena. And this is Jess. And I'm so excited because today we're recording with another person, a third person. So this is somebody I have personally admired for a long time and can say they're a very important person to me. I'm happy to introduce Fatal Aids founder, a freelance photographer who has shot for Vans and Hat Club to name a few featured on Canvas Rebel, and more recently dropped his hat collection, The Dirty Martini with Pro Image Colorado. This is Christian Lopez. Go ahead and say hi. Hi. Uh, <laughs> hold on, let me stop you. How did you How did you even know about Canvas Rebel? <laughs> that's, that's, hey, don't yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I was not lying when I told you she did her research. I feel like I'm going to get interrogated right now. No. That's because, that, yeah, that's crazy. Well... <laughs> Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Ace. Well, Christian, that's my real name, but everybody just goes, everybody just literally calls me by Ace. So, where does Ace come from? Um, just for my photography. And I guess we can go into it like a little further in the, I guess, episode. But yeah, Ace is whatever you guys want to call me. <laughs> so, like, most of your friends call you Ace? Um, yeah, most of them. Okay, that's cool. So if you ever see me, well, if, I guess if you ever see me around, like, if you guys didn't know me, it'd probably be just Ace. I probably would never introduce myself, like, even by my legal name. Really? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Do a lot of people even know how you look like? Because, uh, like, you wear your mask a lot on your photography. And not really. I still get questions like, yo, how do you even look? Like, till this day. Really? But yeah, it's because it, I was kept it a mystery. Like, scrolling through your Instagram, and I was like, I wouldn't even know this is Chris. Like, if I yeah. didn't know it was you, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because, like, your mask and, like, your photography, you, like, I can't see your face. Yeah. So you'll get a lot of people just confuse me and my brother-in-law all the time because we like we were we would wear masks like in every little Instagram meet that they, that would like people would plan out. So it came to the point where it was like people would just confuse us and just say that we were twins because it would literally we would literally be wearing almost the same outfit in every shot. So like the same fits and the Pr same practically, hat and yeah. stuff like mm -hmm. that. No, yeah, I like when I first knew of you because mm -hmm. of Jess, like, and you know, she would show me and she would tell me about your brother-in-law and stuff. I would even get y'all confused and like, okay. we'll touch more about it. But even when you guys were doing your podcast, like when I would listen, I'm like, wait, was that Christian or his brother-in-law? Like I would get you guys confused. Yeah. Really? I feel like. Was well, because you know yeah. Chris personally, so you could distinguish his voice. Oh, maybe. But I feel like Christian's voice is uh, deeper than... Well, yeah, but I didn't like know him yet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so it was for me, it was easy. It was hard for me to distinguish. But so like, I know Jess knows you personally and stuff, but I mean, I don't know you all that deep, you know, it's yeah. more surface level. So like, where were you born? And like, where did you grow up? Damn right uh, to it. Damn right to it. I'm, um, I'm like, I want to know the tea. <laughs> so I originally, I was born in Juarez in Chihuahua. Um, I was out there I was literally born there and was there for like a week. Um, and then I was brought to the U.S. by my parents. Um, and we sh literally just straightly came to like Arizona. Um, so I've been in Arizona practically my 29 years, <laughs> like 
because that's how I'm old. So I've been here my whole life practically. So I'd never been to Mexico besides like on permit leaves or stuff like that. But yeah, it's, I've never been able to touch land out there. Like even, like even the chances that I do like get to see like families, like family members, I don't know any of them. Like, I don't know any of my cousins, like it sucks, but it's just the price we got to pay. <laughs> no, that's why, like, we kind of relate to each yeah. other because, you know, it's, like, similar scenario. But you were a week old when you yeah. came here. Mm-hmm. Dang. Well, I was six months old, so it's kind of, like, the same because I don't even remember. You know what I mean? But so you grew up here in Arizona. And where did you grow up? Like, what area? <sighs> I, I grew up literally in the Alhambra area, literally 35th. Well, tw- in between 27th and 35th of, like, Camelback. So I grew up in the, I mean, I guess I could consider it the hood. Personally, I thought it was the hood, but yeah. Yeah, since GCU is there now, they're trying to bring it up a little bit. It's gotten worse. (laughs) It's gotten worse. I think it's helped that the university is right there. Hell no, there's there's so much. It just masks it, I feel. There's a lot of stuff that's like, there's a lot of stuff that goes on at night that you don't get to see like during the day, so... Yeah, I feel like that's mo- a lot of Central Phoenix. Yeah, it's gotten really bad from what I've heard. Because I saw, like, friends and stuff that live there. Um, but, like, the chances that I do, like, like that I can conversate with them, they just say that it's just gotten worse. Like, prostitution's crazy there. Like, drug drug use is in, it's out of the roof. Like, there's literally just homeless everywhere now. But mainly the prostitution thing, which sucks because... Like that, that, that area was never like that until GCU, but it's because they're able to move money so quickly through there. So. It's funny that you say because of GCU, because it's all a Christian school. Yeah, it's a yeah. private university. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, I know for me, gro- growing up, like, I faced a lot of struggles because of DACA. Like, are your siblings, they were not born in Mexico. Were no, they're all three of the girls. So I'm the only boy. All three of the girls were born here. Um, and they're a little older. They're older now, but to them, it was a little easier for them to kind of travel. And they would always ask, like, why can't I travel mm-hmm. and, until they started growing up? And they kind of realized that, oh, well, he's from over there, yeah. <laughs> which sucks. But yeah. Did you ever like feel like you're not from there, but you're not from here either? Uh, I felt like that until the point that I got DACA, like literally. Um, I feel like I spent a lot of my time like hiding, like um like scared to do things yeah it i think more in the fact that i just didn't want to get caught and with not having like papers or anything it was just a little easier for me to like get targeted like oh he doesn't have a social like let's just get him like there's there's no reason to fight for it you know what i mean if you i mean if you get stopped like what are you gonna tell them oh i don't have a social yeah they're gonna take your information but they're gonna pull it up right away yeah because like and also i think like parents put that shit in your head like you know you have a lot to lose and they'll take you like they i mean i get why but you know that's why i feel like because i felt like that too like if i get caught doing some crazy shit i'm gonna get sent to mexico and like it's in the back of your head you know even to this day it's like still in the back of my head because i just i personally would i would i mean i'm sure mexico is beautiful but i also don't know anything about it so the chances of me surviving out there are like very very like low like i really don't know anybody besides like family members i I don't even know what towns they're in like i don't know exactly how to like move around that like area so no like and i feel like we know firsthand like because we know someone personally that was kind of in a similar situation as us and then is in mexico and that shit is depressing you're it's like a culture shock and 
you're like taken away from everything you've known like that's like i don't know if you felt like that but at one point that's well sometimes i still think about it because just because we have zaka doesn't really mean that you're like like safe because safe. Yeah. Yeah. you know like there's a lot of motherfuckers out here like fighting to like make our life hell yeah. like there's literally people like fuck y'all so do you because you went what high school did you go to uh, i went to alhambra okay so do you remember like when there's like the whole like marching and stuff? Because I think you guys were Jessica had made a joke about me yeah. fucking <laughs> doing that. Yeah, because yeah. um, I forgot what I said. It was, uh, as, that SB ten seventy that was like the crucial one. That was like a crucial moment for Hispanics here in Arizona. Oh, I did you do exactly. that? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> it was like but raining too. I was too. in the front. I was like, I don't even know how, but it's funny because like side story, like Denise's mom was like fuck that we're going and my mom's like my mom was that parent that's like no you have to be in school you have to show them you want to be in school same with my mom <laughs> dude no one was in fucking class yeah. you know what i'm saying so i remember i was like fuck it i'm ditching and i went with my best friend's mom and she was like we're going to the front and shit and we we're like in the front but it's crazy because it's like a core memory you know like there's literally literally people talking shit to us yeah. like y'all don't belong here and i'm like dude we're like young kids just trying to fucking be in america live the american dream <laughs> literally like that shit was crazy i remember that day too me and lorena used to share a cell phone and it happened to be that that day was like my my turn of the phone I'm dead. and that shit was like <laughs> blowing up like everyone you know the forwards like send this to everyone i was like what the heck like people are leaving school and now showing everyone in class because only a few messages of, yeah only a few of us had phones you know but and then i was like Yo, but I can't leave. Like, I was so young. I was, like, in middle school still. So, <laughs> I'm like, I can't leave. People, like, the eighth graders were walking out and shit. But, yeah, the day was crazy. Hell yeah. Is that how you got into photography? Like, did you feel like there was nothing else for you? Because usually people that are not, like, even now, like, people that don't even have DACA, they, you see them, like, falling into, like, the bad patterns of stuff or... They just like they're trying to get it or provide as however they can. So, well, because um, I mean, the, like the way you explained it right now, I think people just I think Doc has been around for too long. Like, like it's been a long it's been around for long enough now that people just don't care if they have it or not. Like they're willing to risk it. Like I have friends who like I'm not going to mention names, but like they've literally got caught with like DUIs on DACA and stuff like that. Like they it sucks because they're working like under the table and shit because now you really lost literally the only liberty that you had over just having trying to have fun you know what i mean which sucks because like now it's gonna now it's gonna affect you if it actually like something really good plays out so you're kind of you're kind of you're kind of fucked at the end of the day you know but as to like to answer your first question um no i i that was like I had no like, like interest. Thought. Yeah, I had no interest in photography at that time at all. Like I was still young. I was doing hoodlum shit like as a kid. So the reason why the only reason why I was there is because I was with friends, just bad influences, and I was like, well, f- I mean, I gotta fight for something. You know what I mean? Because there's nothing really to nothing to fight for. Because I literally spent my whole life trying to hide and saying that I was American, like. Every, every time somebody would ask, I would just be like, yeah, I was born in like, oh, this state or I was born in this state and I came over here just so I could like mask what was actually really going on in my like my household. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I remember, too, like people would be like, oh, where were you born? I'll be like Phoenix. I would always say I was born at Maryville Hospital because like I just 
I didn't feel like having to explain yeah. like to people like, oh, my parents migrated here and I was six months old. And like, remember when we were telling someone, I was telling the story when we crossed the border, mm-hmm. like, and then I felt like everybody got awkward and shit. And I'm like, but that's the truth. Like, I think it was at, at like a friend's dinner or something. And I was at the gym. Oh, oh yeah, because um, we used to train with this trainer in Scottsdale, and it's it's only like white people, and the people that are of color, it they're like the fourth, third generation, so it's like they don't really speak Spanish or like they're very American, so. I was over here yeah. like, yeah, like my family crossed the border and like I was telling the story when like my mom crossed the border with me and I felt like it got awkward <laughs> and I was like, that's like reality though. Like, like we really went through that shit. Like, and I was like having a moment. I was like, damn, that's crazy. Cause like that really happened. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes I trip out, like when I have conversations with friends, like dude, our parents literally like crossed the fucking desert that's crazy. to be here. Like that shit's wild. Like, yeah. I don't know, I trip out sometimes. Me, I'm not even that guy, none, none of that, but your parents being, like, immigrants really does affect you. Like, stuff I don't even think that it has affected me. One time I was at brunch, and um, the girls were talking about how when you're, I forget what age, 26, you get off your parents', like, insurance or something. And I was like, oh, well, I never had that. Like, I always had to get loans or, like, little insurance plans because I didn't have that. I'm like, but now that, since I started working, I've always had like my own insurance, and they're like, "Oh, damn, dude, that's that's pretty deep." Like we're all drinking mimosas, and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, I've always had my own insurance," so it's like it goes deeper than like what people really. It's not just oh, yeah. a, like being from here or there. Like it goes deeper, like even to the kids that are from here. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of consequences with coming over here. Like there's a lot you really lose. Like you one, you lose contact with all family members. You miss out on family events. Like, luckily, my parents can actually act, like go and travel now. Thanks, like, thankfully to my sister. Mm-hmm. But like, they missed out on so many things. And like, you could tell like how like depressed my parents would get because you lose so much years of being over here trying to, you know, follow. Like you said, like you mentioned, following the American dream. To, well, technically, like in reality, there really isn't an American dream when you come out here. Yeah. it's like literally just stress. And I would see my parents stress all the time until like like recently, like very now, like that they have their own like place, they have their own cars now, like they're very like they don't stress about anything. But like when we first got here, like it was stress constantly. Like we didn't have a car, we'd have to hop on the bus, we'd have to go to laundromats, like in little carts and shit that my mom would like steal from Foot City. Like it was it was really tough. Like it was really tough growing up in that neighborhood because I really didn't have anybody to look up to. I had my dad that I looked up to very, like, I still look up to him now, but it was only to an extent, you know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I would see other kids' dads, like, brand new cars or doing this and that, and I'd be like, well, damn, why isn't my dad doing that? Like, no, yeah. oh, like, why doesn't my dad have a good-ass job like they do so he can so he can provide stuff to the table? Mm-hmm. So it, it just got really bad to the point where, like, I just started doing, like, hoodlum shit just to, one, to keep myself alive and keep myself entertained, mm-hmm. but also to make some little side money because... My parents really couldn't give me that much money. Of course, they bought me, like, nice, good things to kind of start the school year. But throughout the school year, like, you only have it for so long. And then yeah. you need you need to replace everything, so. No, it's definitely hard because, like, you have that plus, like, regular life shit that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, so it makes it even harder. So how did you start photography? Uh, so before I started photography, I used to DJ. I you was were a DJ? Yeah, I was a DJ from, like, 17 years, like, 17 to, like, 
23, I think. Where'd I you DJ at? I used to DJ in Scottsdale. <laughs> and my mom, what's funny is that my mom would be there in the fucking, literally in the club standing there. Cause I was in 21 at the time. So I couldn't go in. So I had to have like a, like it was like a future, like a parent guardian. Like they had to sign off off of shit. So my mom would stand there and she would watch me DJ at a very young age. Um, and I like, the, luckily that's what really opened a lot of doors for me. Cause I was DJing for like EDM events for like raves and stuff like that. So I got to open up for like a lot of cool DJs. How did that like um, happen? I don't even, well, it just goes, I just had to pick up something. Cause I had, like, I started playing soccer to begin with. Like that's what kept me really out of trouble when I was a really young kid. And then I tore my ACL going into college. So I needed to pick up something cause I didn't want to be at home and also was too scared to play. Cause I didn't want to get injured again. So I was like, well, I'm gonna just pick up DJing. Cause I like music. I enjoy music. And my dad's like literally put me on like old, like rap music from like, he used to have cassettes. Like that's how old, no, that's how yeah. bad it was. Like literally to a Walkman, a Walkman radio. Um, and then the music came up, the music came to play. And I DJed, like I said, a couple years. Um, then I stopped cause I had gone to this event in Vegas called EDC. And I was like, well, I'm not going to DJ there. Like, what are the chances of me ever being able to DJ? It's pretty, pretty low, you know, because yeah. you got to be very talented for that. So I'm like, I got to do something else. Like, I got to I got to do something. So the week of that event, when it happened, it was a three day event. I went to go pick up a camera from some some white boy in GCU. He stole it from the campus. I don't know how the fuck he did it. It's so easy. They like he, let you sign <laughs> off on crazy equipment. He stole like, that shit, sold it to me for like 300 bucks, like a brand new camera. Like this camera probably cost like $800. So I got it for like 300. I was like, I wasn't making a lot of money either. Like I was, it was, it was bad. I, I literally took that as a priority, getting a camera instead of getting myself to Vegas to begin with. So, I get to the event, I had to sneak my camera in and then take a bunch of pictures of three days that I was there and I came back and edited them. I didn't know how to edit at all. I didn't even take classes for it. So I was just looking through my pictures and I'm like, damn, this is something cool. This is something that I would actually enjoy doing. Like I, it's just very different when you actually get to take taking a picture is cool. But like when you get to like actually see it through a camera lens, it's very different. Like it's, a, it's like, a, it literally feels like you have a third eye. And I know there's like different meanings to third eye, but like it legitimately feels like you have a third eye. Um, and then ever since that, it, like I just been doing photography and I fell in love with it. It was one way for me to also express how I felt. Cause I was, it's just, like I said, growing up and at the time I didn't even have DACA yet. So like, I really tried to express myself in dark imagery. So like, if you see like the face coverings and stuff like that, yeah. Well, I, before the face coverings, they used to be like literally like demon masks and stuff like that, like Shogun from like Samurais. And um, that's what literally all my masks were until recently. But um, it was just kind of just a way to express myself because I just had a lot of shit going on. And So would you consider yourself like self-taught when it comes uh, to forgot photography? I would say since yeah. you've been in yeah. school. Because you pretty much learned like online, like YouTube. I learned, learned off of YouTube literally from day one till... Well, I said, even till this day, I still like slowly here and there hop in like YouTube and try to learn some new stuff that I have. Because it's like everything just keeps updating throughout the years. Like there's so much new equipment. So, yeah, the first time your photography came on my radar, I think a lot of people will probably know what I'm talking about. It was the Summer Ends concert. Oh, your pictures from that concert is when you came on my radar. And I was and when I saw your pictures, I was in an argument with my family because I wanted to go to school for it 
and you know like immigrant parents like they want you to do something higher than that you know so it was like a big old fight and then when i saw your pictures i'm like see i could do this like i don't know you made me feel like i could do it um, i did see those like the j cole one yeah. the big sean i think mm-hmm. i saw and someone else yeah I like the reposting back then on instagram wasn't even a thing but everybody was sharing your stuff like because you could screenshot and then mm-hmm. post it and then hashtag like repost yeah and i think that's how your stuff kind of, you kind of basically went viral but like it was so different back then like yeah it's yeah uh that was there in 2016 so i just like barely started getting into like photography like i was very dedicated to it um and luckily since i was djing at the time um the the people who threw that event were very close to the art like the companies that actually throw stuff here till this day so i was able to get like a press pass that was my first press pass ever i was so excited i was so scared though because i was like i don't have good equipment yet like i don't know what i'm doing like i really went there with like zero like knowledge of like festival photography like actual like when you can actually get a press pass so I took pictures of J. Cole. I got to meet him. I got to meet Big Sean as well. Oh, you did? That's so I took cool. pictures yeah, of Big girl, Sean. That's yeah. Tight. Did you get like any photos of you guys together? Uh they might be in my they might be in my hard drive somewhere. I was a little goofy ass kid, so <laughs> <laughs> but I got to take pictures of even Kanye West, uh Travis Scott. Damn, that's like dope. in the beginning, like when he was just for like first starting. Mm-hmm. But I, I, a lot of that stuff there's a lot of that stuff that got lost because of I mean, like I said, technology was very different back then, too. So, yeah. like, I really didn't have money to buy, like, the stuff that I actually wanted. So, that maybe here and there, like, I'll find, like, random, like, photography that I took from, that like, that time. But So, would you say, like, that moment, did it lead to other opportunities for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Summer Ends thing definitely opened up a lot. Like, ever since, right after Summer Ends ended... I got to take more photography, like getting into deep into like the music festival stuff, which is what I've always wanted to do. Um, but it wasn't like top caliber, f- like photography for festivals yet. Like I wasn't like getting like these, like events where like massive artists come, like where it's like more than like 40 artists. Like I was getting like little local things. I was shooting for like local artists. Um, and it just went from there. Like I just kept doing that and I was doing free work for almost like five, five years. Like I never made I never made a dollar out of it for like five or six years until like very recently, like maybe two years ago, I started actually charging for stuff and I started seeing how much like money I was making and how much all that money I could have made back then because I was literally just buying equipment and just hoping that one day that I would just make money. No, yeah. So how did that lead to you doing like photography for like Hat Club? Um, Yeah, did they contact you or you sent them? A DM. So the whole hat club thing was it happened two years ago. Um, they reached out to me since they're local. They were in they're in Gilbert now, but they used to be in Tempe. They had their offices right off of literally the freeway. It's by ASU, like a few minutes off ASU. Um, there's this girl who works there. I forgot. I literally I always forget her name because I always go by her Instagram name. I feel like everybody gets called their Instagram names now. Yeah. But she she got a hold of me. And at the time, I wasn't really doing anything besides uh, shooting for vans, like doing their like warp tours and doing some of their product photography. And I was already doing like the model stuff like here and there, but it was very, very like slow at the time. And I think it was during that was a time during COVID, actually, when it, COVID had just happened. That's when Hatcliffe had hit me up. Um, and then 
she was just like, hey, let's do a test shoot. Like, let's see how it goes. And then we'll go from there. And if it, we like it, we like your work, we'll hire you. We'll send you like the information, like literally just to, like if I was going to, it was literally like if I was applying for a new job, mm-hmm. like they send me all the employee, like paperwork and everything. So I, I was so nervous. I'll tell you that. Cause I wanted to do like, I've never thought about doing hat club. I had not even, I didn't, I don't even think I owned a hat at the time. Like I had just like started, it was very fresh for me. Um, so when I got there, I'm like, damn, I don't even know what to do. Like, cause I don't focus on product, like product photography. That's not my thing. Like I, I, I hate it. I really dislike it. Cause it's like, bro, it's literally just someone still. And then that's just how it goes. Well, at least for product photography was very different back then. Now it's the, now you actually have models. Yeah. Like back then it was just like literally on a table and then that's oh, it. Oh, so that's what you were doing at the time. Yeah. Okay. So now they've like def- they got the money for it so now they've definitely upgraded like their whole production team and stuff but i was just very scared to kind of like fail because failure's always been like my biggest fear like failing one my parents because my parents were always like on it like mm-hmm. oh you, you're not even making money off of this like why are you still doing this like you shouldn't do this yeah i wanted to ask like how was that conversation because you went to school but you were doing eventually you got into the photography mm-hmm. so how was that conversation of like, well, I, I finished school, but I want to do this instead? It was tough. That shit, like, it was, it's just, I think it was tough in my dad's, like, my dad's perspective, just because he was very, like, like I said, he, he's very hardworking, and he's always had, like, tough jobs. Like, he's never had, like, those easy jobs where it's, like, you can like work from set, home or yeah. stuff like that, where it's, you're set, you know? Mm-hmm. So for him, for me to go up to him and tell him like, oh, this is something that I actually want to do. Like there's money in it. Like it was a joke to him because, you know, it wasn't it back then. Like you said, like you, like you mentioned, it all social media was very different. Like we didn't have like TikTok where your parents can actually see, oh, these kids are actually making money. Mm-hmm. So like everything was very like underneath like the rug, like no one knew about making money on social media as it is now. So my mom and my dad were always like, just, they'd be like, yo, you can't like, well, I don't know why you're out like super late, like two in the morning. Cause we would be out till two, three, four in the morning, just taking pictures every day. We would do it every day. Me and my brother-in-law and like the homies that we had. And, and they weren't like for companies or anything. It was no, just it for was fun. Just, right? It was just for fun. Just yeah. to try to get away from like, just to try to get away from our daily life problems and just like enjoy like the, like just the company that we had together. Cause it's just like the older you get, you really start to realize how much like the real like the your close friends that you actually have, like they're not really your friends, you know. Oh, so yeah, you start sure. to make you start to kind of drift away and you find new people to hang out with. And luckily I found a really good, you know, pretty cool friends that I made with photography. But yeah, my mom and my dad were like against it for years. I mean, even till this day, like they're still they're still it's so hard for yeah. them to understand that you can make money off of social media and stuff so do you feel like when you started working with vans like their perspective changed a little bit oh, yeah, yeah. Because they, vans is like everybody like, knows vans even, yeah i think it is like everyone knows but also like immigrant parents like they don't be caring about stuff like brands you get me because like i don't know for instance i bought my mom like a designer bag and she's like oh thanks like it's cute but she didn't like fathom that it was like a designer you get me so after that i was like all right she don't care so is that what you got from your parents or was it like were you like like vans i'm literally wearing them on my feet and this is like who i'm working for i honestly i don't even think like even just working at vans at the time was like a like a 
they didn't even like impress them to be honest with you and then i'm not saying it i'm not saying that my parents money, are right? shitty or anything yeah. but like it's yeah. just because there was no money like money actually going yeah. through um so for them not to see that and me constantly doing photography every single day and literally just posting pictures and i mean it just it, it comes to a point where it's like all right bro like you're not really making income like why are you really doing this like yeah you love it but like you don't see the business perspective out of it like and that's one thing that's one of the main issues that i've that I've always had that i never wanted to fall into the business category because then i knew that like the love that I had for photography was going to go away because I was going to see it as a business. Mm -hmm. And uh, sadly it did. Like that's literally what's happened now. Like, and I'm sure it's happened to like all of my friends who've like done photography. Cause once you cross that border of having passion for it and you go into the business side, you're literally just wishing, you're wishing for more and more money. So you lose interest in like the actual stuff that you love. And then that's just when you go to shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're, We'll get into your podcast that you had, but on Social Boys, your guys is the A Team. I think it was called the, the episode A Team. Oh, with, the A Team, yeah, the reunion. Yeah. So when you guys were all talking about the about your guys's journeys with photography and stuff, have, did you listen to it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that episode just because I get to, it's like banter with creatives that you don't really get nowadays. Like everyone tries to gatekeep a lot, but um, yeah, a lot of your friends were saying that if they do do photography it's literally for themselves and i feel like that's you too like i only ever see you do photography if it's for like fatal eight related yeah i mean i can yeah it's like now now that i've actually made money off of it like and i can actually see income like coming through um and i'm i'm honestly just i'm more stable than i was back then too so like i wasn't like i'd I just was like, like I said, back then I wasn't really making a lot of money. I mean, $8, I was literally working my first job and I was making like eight bucks. So yeah. it was very hard. It was very, it was very hard to bounce around that and then go and do photography and see it as a job, like future wise, like see it in the like future and then not make no money off of that. Like, how do you explain to your parents that you're not like, you know, you're only making $8 over here, but you can also make a shit little money on this side, but you're not mm -hmm. doing that. And like, I just, cause I'm really curious about the bands, like just because <laughs> she's like, okay, who can I talk to, to get in? No, I'm just curious because no. I mean, I personally don't know a lot of people that like have worked with brands like that, you know, like not there. I feel like a lot of people could relate to that. So like, how did that happen? So the Vans is funny cause I only, I only applied to Vans as a part-time associate for, it was a sales associate and it was during um, holiday hours. It was during, uh, I believe it was like November. I started in November, like during Black Friday. And I was just like, well, um, it was just something that like random. I was like, I'm just going to apply to it in hopes that I get hired. Like if it, if I don't get hired, then it's cool. Like I'm still going to buy their stuff. Like yeah. bands are like my favorite. Yeah. So I gave, like I get hired and then I worked there for almost six years as a part-time associate, like literally those six years. Um, but in those six years, like, if there's, if there's one thing that I can actually say, Vans is what definitely opened up everything. Cause I got to shoot for like their line. I went to corporate offices for them. Like I got to see like literally the main warehouse. Like I got to do so much with them in the little time. Like even like I said, just being a part-time associate, like they opened up so much and they offered so much in that company just for one person, like just for myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And I never thought that a company would ever do that. Like I didn't never, 
I knew that people were doing like photography for like companies and stuff, but I never really, it was surreal for them to actually open up their doors and be like, well, all right, let's, let's have you do photography. And that's only because my manager found out that I was taking photos. Like she only found out cause, um, I think one random night, me and one of the coworkers, they were talking about him doing a photo shoot cause he wanted some photos done for some like a little street brand that he had. And then my manager found out she didn't tell me anything about it, but she found me on Instagram and then she sent it to the district manager who owns like at the time when she did, she, she's not there no more, but the district manager, um, she's, she's a regional manager. She owns a couple of different stores from different, uh, uh, like counties and States. And then she got a hold of corporate. I don't know how she, well, of course she got easy access to corporate, but she got, she got in contact with the production team out there and then that's how it all just, and I, and everything just came down to me and I'm like, fuck, like, I don't know if I should do it. So for the long, I, the first opportunity when they actually like told me to go to corporate, I like, I declined on it. Cause really? yeah, cause I, I was just, I don't think I was just, I honestly, I was just not emotionally there. Like I just had a lot of shit going on in my life. So I just, I didn't want to go into I didn't want to start a new, like a new job or something mm-hmm. with a shitty mindset. I and I just felt like I just, like I said, failure has always been like one of my biggest things. Like I hate it. Like I just don't want to fail anybody. Cause I know that if I do get somewhere and then I put people on and then I fail, that means they fail too. Like that's always been my biggest issue. No, I feel that. But that's pretty cool to know that like you started as bands, just knowing like, I'm going to just make <laughs> some extra money part time. Cause mm-hmm. like, I never thought that like working as an associate like that, you had an opportunity, but I think social media played a big role because she saw that. That's tight though. So first came the Vans situation and then that's what led to To Hat Club. Club. Mm -hmm. So did Hat Club lead to you designing hats? Uh, Because I know you just mentioned that you recently yeah. really got into hats well before the hats came the pins oh okay so let's talk about that so <laughs> I'm like, let's get the and i was like ready. bouncing all like back and forth but in january of last year i i finally decided to like start my own little online business which is fatal eight um and fatal is literally i don't know where the hell i got fatal from to be honest with you but i know that i wanted eight to be on it because like i said they call me A's. um so I started the Fatal Eight, and then I started making pins, just like little hat pins, because I knew that the the hat community right now is like huge. Like it's insane how big it's gotten in the little in probably the two years. Because when I started with Hat Club, that's when they were just like barely starting to like like pop up. Like now there's many like there's so many stores releasing hats. It's it's crazy. No, yeah. So the hat game, the community, the hat game community is insane. And but now it's kind of slowed down because everybody's starting to get into the market of making pins. Everybody found out where these, where well, not everybody just found out where the money's at, but they also found out like what manufacturers mm. are specifically making the best pins. Yeah. So once everybody starts using that same manufacturer, then your value really starts to go down because it's like, well, damn, bro, like now my pin really doesn't mean a lot because there's a much better pin that someone else is doing yeah well you don't think the design like could add value to the Um, because i see like well for hats i don't think so like at least the pins that i was making the peakers like it's just is there's no really there's there's not a lot of market into it because it's just very flooded right now so like because honestly like i didn't know pins were a thing for hats until like i would 
and like just recently i bought my best friend's husband mm-hmm. a hat and they gave me like a free pin and mm-hmm. stuff and i was like i didn't realize like that was like a thing yeah i didn't know about it either i wear hats but they're like dad caps or dad um, hats you know what i mean 47 47s yeah like that's all of that i gotta ban you from those really? <laughs> that's all i wear they're you have to put me on but so what got you into the pins that was the reason behind um, it my brother-in-law actually um he has his own he has his own pin business but he makes like actual bigger pins Oh. Like those are not like for like hats or anything. They're more of like a collector piece. Oh, okay. um, yeah, they're really pretty. Like he had friends at first when he started, he had friends that were already doing it. So he started like kind of just note taking everything that they would tell him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, I'm going to just, I'm going to just risk it. Like I'm going to just do it and see how it goes. And if it goes good, then I mean, I'm going to just continue doing it. So like he didn't make no money off of the first pin. Like he literally went like blank like no money made but he sold that pin so like Mm -hmm. he had so many like the good thing is that he got a lot of clientele right off of that because he also did like a full photo shoot for it and of course him being my brother-in-law i was like well bro i got you with the photos like don't worry about it and i was already doing product photography at the time so i'm like i got you like i'll make i'll do the best that i can and i'll get these photos for you and his his pin business blew up in in less than a year like really that made that, that man that man makes so much like he makes really good income like he has stuff that hasn't even came out and most of it is already sold out like he has designs already worked on like he has i think for this year he has already like a full lineup of everything that he wants to do so now it's just about getting him getting them into production and then just selling them right after damn that's tight good for him i didn't know like it was like going crazy like that oh yeah because jessica had mentioned to it but like you know she didn't really go into specifics on it yeah because i have i have a few of them um the first time I received one of his pens, I tried. Oh, you're talking about the oh, his yeah yeah his um, brother-in-law. The do you want to say his name? The pen. Oh, it's called Unholy Unholy Pens. So Unholy Pens, I was trying to rock his pen on my gym bag, and that shit was so heavy. And I'm like, oh, this is literally like a collector's yeah, item. So I like, yeah, had to like put it on the pin board. Yeah, it's because it's literally like a piece of metal, like, like legitimately thick, yeah. metal. So. Damn. Like, you don't want to be rocking that anywhere. And, like, I, I try to toss it on a hat once, and I'm like, bro, bad idea. Let's not do that. Because that <laughs> shit was just dragging. Yeah. And not just, like, um the collector pins, but, like, how you're talking about the hat pins. There's There really is so many of them. Like, even I see girls starting to make their own. But you could tell, like, the cheaper you pins the from the others. Yeah. And because some of them make, like, more rubbery. Like, think of the oh, pins that you use on Crocs, but, like, for a hat like no, i, I, I see them i know what you're talking yeah. about yeah so it's it's literally everywhere like even the fact that like females are like getting into them because I, f- I feel like not a lot of girls wear fitted hats and stuff yeah. like uh, that you know a surprisingly lot a lot of the girl a lot of well, girls now, are starting to get into it yeah because of how like street fashion has yeah. grown but before like i i would never go into the store and buy a hat and now i have oh, like no, yeah, you see it all now the time I have a few. I, yeah uh, well now you definitely <laughs> do yeah but so how is it with the pin business like yeah, is what happened? Still, it's still going on. Are you still? Uh, honestly, I haven't done. I haven't done anything. I have some pins that's supposed to come in, but since they're in uh, Chinese New Year's, um, they're gonna they're delaying everything. But it's crazy because when I first started with that manufacturer, they were making like zero hat pins like for no one, and now like if I go through their Instagram, like every manufacturer that has contacted me to make like feature pins, like everyone is doing pins for people's hats. That's how. That's how 
like that's how busy it is but that's also how flooded the market is right now with pins like that because it's an easy it's an easy like four or five hundred bucks that you can make and you only spend like 300 you know what i mean so of course somebody's gonna if you're making profit out of it you're gonna continue doing it but it just it's all about originality and then you really can't copy anybody because they're the the, the hack community is shit. Like they're really shitty people. <laughs> sadly to say, I I I loved I love them, but like, it's just very. It's exactly how the sneaker community was back when it was really popping. Exactly like that. Like everybody gatekeeps everything. Like nobody's gonna tell you how to manufacture a hat. And that was one of the biggest issues because I wanted to make a hat, and I it was my it was always it was always a dream after the hat club stuff and i'm like damn one day i want to make a hat like a whole hat collection like it'd be so fucking cool like that's my goal which leads me to my next question because it's funny that you say like there's a community because i did not honestly i did not know that fucking hat community was like a real thing until your your collection which we'll touch on but i was like going through the comments and like there's hella fucking like hat pages and like so much hype like i learned so many new phrases like panic what does that mean? <laughs> like, I, did, I was like, why is everyone commenting panic under your picture? Like, is it, like, bad? And he goes, no, that means it's good. Like, they're excited about the drop and stuff like that. Yeah, so I would, I literally defined everything because she was asking about every comment on that post. So panic practically means a sellout, like complete sellout. And that's what everybody wants to get. So, like, the Arizona one, which I'm wearing right now. Mm-hmm. That was a panic. Like, everybody wanted that. Yo. Okay, like, before we talk about that. So, obviously, Chris, like, you guys could already assume he dropped a, a hat collection. Well, yeah, the Dirty Martini. Dirty Martini. Which, first off, how did that go about? Um, Is that your favorite drink? <laughs> no, I hate I hate Dirty Martinis. I It was my first drink. It was my first alcoholic drink. Disgusting. That shit I've never really, had one. It tastes like gasoline. Personally, it was disgusting. I don't. Know. I mean, there's not much to it. Yeah, so, it's just very, like, literally just liquor. Really? <laughs> How did that collection come about, though? Um, I had gotten a program on my computer from some guys that were selling mock-up hats, like the actual template, and I was, I was, at the time, I was, I had just gotten this computer, my brand, like a brand new computer, and I'm like talking to my brother, and I'm like, yo, it would be so cool to like actually look into like getting some hats made. Like, why don't we look into it? So we found a manufacturer in like China, but you also gotta be very careful because they can also send you fakes. So that was one of the biggest issues because we didn't really have uh, Niera's approval. So we were going through like a third party. So who knows who the middleman was? Like, it was just a literally like, hopefully we get the hats. So luckily we didn't end up buying anything from them, but like they, they were just, they were like, when we messaged them, they were just like, well, we work with all these kind of, all these companies. I don't know if they were bullshitting or anything, but we work with these companies and you have to order this amount like to actually get anything made, which was kind of a like that's that's what kind of like toned everything down. And we're like, damn, bro, I don't think you're going to be able to do it because if, if he was legit, they they're asking as a company, you, you know, they have they have the money to order so many mm-hmm. like we only wanted 100 like. We did, they didn't want to work with us because the third it's, it's a, yeah they didn't want to work with us to begin with because it's just a small amount mm-hmm. and they make for the massive like they make for so many stores like Hat Club Hat Club has so many stores around the U.S. so whoever gets the chance to work with them it's a little easier because they're gonna they're willing to spend the money like they're willing to spend more than ten ten thousand whatever it has to be you know whatever it is mm-hmm. just to get every just to get that amount of units in so. 
we lost hope and then we started this one the which was this was the first one and we're like all right well well i'll just leave it on my page in hopes that one day one day someone sees it okay so like talking about when he says this one, he, he's talking about the Arizona script one. Okay, yeah, um, they do. <laughs> Arizona script. Um, so you set up, like, you designed it and everything, and, like, you posted it online. Yeah, oh, okay. I posted it on my Fatal 8 account, and I, it just stayed on there for a couple months, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to leave it on there as, like, a, a little memory thing. But I was selling pins at the time, too, so yeah, was I was kind of focusing fresh, on right? that. It was just very fresh. And then... Pro Image, shout out to Pro Image because they're, they're the ones who worked with me. But a store in Colorado called Pro Image Colorado had a little contest. Um, they had a little like a hat contest, like a hat designer contest, and they were gonna whoever won that tournament was gonna get like their hat made, and then they were gonna get like a you know a production amount, and then you can spread those to like friends and family, and you can do this and that. So we were like, I hopped on it super quick. I'm like, bro, let's do this. Like, the, you know, the chances of us winning are like pretty high and it was very fresh. So nobody was really, it was very fresh. So nobody was willing a lot. Of, the thing is that with the hack community, they're strictly, um, they're stuck on specific designers mm -hmm. that are in their team. So like hack club, let's just say, cause hack club's the biggest one right now. Yeah. Hack club is very strict. They won't allow anybody to design a hat besides their hat designers that they currently have. Like at have. the corporate office. Like literally, like no one will, the chances of you designing a hat are very, very slim with them. Like even if you've worked with them for many years, like you have no chance. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's very, like it's changed now because now every company is hopping onto the, all right, well, let's let influencers design their own hats because they can also market at them. And it also brings feet to our store. Mm -hmm. So Col uh, Pro Image Colorado was the first one to start that where they were allowing an influencer to design their own hat and then you know whatever just led after that led after you know to it so we entered the tournament and we got to like i think like quarterfinals and then we lost but that shit was rigged it was rigged the first the first one allegedly no it was rigged it was really bad <laughs> it was bad because no it was, i just don't want to get into issues no 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 you're good i i doubt it any like community I doubt it. I said it's real. Yeah, I don't know. The hat community crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll probably find it. If you tie Fatal 8, they'll probably find it. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, everybody knows. Every, everybody really knows that it was rigged. Um, the like votes, because the votes, like even when we when we lost, because it was, it was me and my brother-in-law, mm -hmm. but it was still under my just Fatal 8, which was yeah. my business. Um, when we lost, we were ahead by like 10%. And then the next morning when I wake up, like we dropped like 20%. Like... People were buying votes, oh. like they were literally buying like bots and just buying votes for a year. Cause they would vote online. Mm -hmm. oh. It was like through the IG stories. And you would just click on it, and then that's like that's literally how they did it. Yeah, you know what? I'm not gonna lie, cause after yours dropped and stuff, I think you reposted it, and I was like, I'm gonna go through it, and I was all voting. <laughs> like I was gonna fucking. Yeah. <laughs> now this is the this is the fourth year I think they've done it, but they've like definitely revamped it. Like now it's like more, more professional. Like even if you win by the votes like the people's votes now you have to actually go through the whole team to vote because oh. the and you have to go through a new era rep so if you really think about it like the people's vote really doesn't matter which sucks because that's how a lot of like recently a lot of these hats that are really nice lost because mm -hmm. if you lost in the if you lost if you got the people's vote and then you go and lose in the new era like 
that's 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 the main that's the main vote you know so yeah. like if you lose on that like even if your hat's better than the other one you're out mm-hmm. so i was bummed out when we lost because i was like damn we just lost in the fourth round and we got pretty far like we beat a lot of hats i think we beat like yeah there were so many it was like 20 hats yeah. like 20 30 designs mm-hmm. and the day the day that i lost i was bummed i was so bummed i was telling my brother-in-law i'm like bro we can, I, I don't know how we lost this it was the la dodgers the worst team i hate them yeah i don't like the dodgers either we lost to them and then i wake up i was i was i think i was i was talking to jess and then i randomly wake up one morning like heading to work and they dm me and in my head i'm like all right well it's probably just like a, like oh congratulations for like entering or something like yeah. that yeah so I'm sitting in my car late already as it is. I'm fucking, I'm like 30 minutes late to work. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm sitting there reading the DM and like, I just busted out crying. Cause like the way that they, I, as a matter of fact, I have the, I still have the DM, but they were just like, yo, like we still want to work with you. Like in the future, like, like give me your information, like give me your contact info and we'll, we'll get a hold of you. And I sent them everything two months passed. And then they hit me up again. Like I randomly get a phone call and I'm like, what the fuck? It's from Colorado. And I have family in Colorado, like cousin out there. So I'm like, oh, it's probably my cousin or something. I get on the phone and it's a deep ass voice, some white guy. And he's like, hey, it's it's, uh, it's the owner from Pro Image Colorado. Like we're, you know, we're getting back. We're getting back to you. Like, sorry for the long wait. It's just because they were, they had, they had contacted other people that had lost too. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, you know, we want to do this and this and that. Well, we're gonna want, we want you to produce a whole like a whole collection, and at first it was gonna be different hats, like different colors. So like, of course, this one was gonna be the main which the main one, which is the AZ script. And when I got on the, they you know they set up a whole like conference call with the new era rep. Um, her name's Cat, lovely lovely lady. I I fucking love her. She's so nice. Like she's even to this day she's still like I haven't talked to her in a while, but she still always checks in. Um, she gets on she gets on the call and then like we go on a google me call and i'm literally just i'm looking through every catalog for every like shop and what they're going to be releasing and i'm looking at so many hats and i'm like damn this is cool and that's when cat was like um the new era rep was like um how about you just make a whole like dirty martini collection like instead of just making random hats in different colors just make a whole collection and i'm like that's a good idea so they gave me a week time span and I had that shit done in like two days. They like, gave you a week so, to have like everything, like to have everything done? done. Yeah, I had it done in two days. That's how excited I was. Damn, that's dope. That sounds exciting. I feel like excited for you. Yeah. <laughs> I got, like I said, I hop on another Google Meet call and then it was just from there, it was like my, my shit blew up right after. Like Fatal 8 yeah. itself, the company, like blew up so fast. Like... Just the fact that I started posting the mockups of like the actual confirmed product, like yeah. even if the even if I didn't have them in hand, like people were already excited for it. No, I remember seeing comments like, "I cannot wait to get my hands on this." Like, <laughs> is there any way we could pre-order? And I was like, "No!" Yeah. Like the hat community, crazy. Yeah, so that happened in like June, I believe. June, right? June, June or July, I think, of last year. Yeah, I think it was like June, yeah, was and like then it took like three months, like to actually like physically. Come yeah, out I got in. I got them finally in October when I came back from a California trip, and then just to have them in my hand was like uh, like surreal. Like that shit was so crazy. It was so cute because um, on Halloween, he the pack was like fresh, so he was like taking it everywhere. Like I'm gonna show my homies. 
He's walking around. I had to think of my car. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I think um, Pro Image really saw that your votes and, like, your comments were organic. And I think that's why they hit you up because, I I mean, like, how you're saying it's rigged. I feel like more of the proof is, like, on what you see because your images for your hats were, like, their most, like photo i don't know if it's oh, even, still, even till this yeah, day yeah it has like thousands like yeah it has a lot yeah. of likes i, I think that. i think like even the little video that my friend made um like the real right yeah yeah i think it was like 20 something k i think the reach on the the like the product images and stuff it was crazy so and then you go to the guy that actually won the contest and he barely has like 200 <laughs> likes so i'm like yeah, you would think it would be like reverse, you know, but so, everyone was just so excited. I think the, also the thing that I had very, I, I'm like, I had, I was one upping everybody to begin with because I also am, a, like I said, a photographer. So the, the fact that I was able to do my own photography for my own like hats definitely plays a big part. Hell yeah, because you knew exactly Because I knew exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Like I knew exactly what I wanted, it, what type of mood I wanted it to be. And that, that was that. Like the first pictures that they posted, ugly as shit. They made my hats look horrible. But of course people still wanted them, but they made my hats look horrible. And that's the main problem that they have, which sucks, but- Their social presence. Their social, yeah, their social, like, interact, it's just really weak. Like, they really need to work on that. I was going through their page, and I'm like, their photos could be a lot better, yeah. you know? They only have, they've only worked with two photographers that are, like, really deep into photography, which is a guy from uh, Vegas who just made another collection. And I'm going to be dropping the the reverse martini, for, so that's going to be really exciting. But he's the only photographer, yeah. So he's the nags. Matter of fact, they're actually they're in production. So maybe in like two months they'll be finally out. So, um, reverse meaning like the colors. Yeah. So pretty much backwards. So instead of the black, you get the olive on top, and then the black brim. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you, when you guys, you know, when you were dropping your, you had announced like it's dropping today or this morning or whatever. I was in Cali, and me and my homegirl, I was like, dude, look at this hat. We wanted that AZ (laughs) hat, and I remember we're in the restaurant. We're like, we got it, we got it. And as soon as we would try to check out, it would be like sold out. I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna get another hat. I'm like, cause I wanna support Chris. I would be like, I got it. And it sold out. <laughs> I did not get one more fucking hat. Cause like, you know, they sold out Dude, quick. I was on that shit like, so I think it was like a Saturday. Or it was Friday. a Saturday, yeah. Saturday morning. Yeah, cause I didn't work. I remember I sent my alarm. And then I was like on the site and then it was all good. And then it went live and I'm like, yo, there's only like two hats on here. And I was like, okay, whatever, refresh, refresh. And then um, like the site kept crashing for like 30 minutes, oh, yeah. 30, yeah, 40 minutes. But I was like determined to get one because I wasn't like, cause I had asked like, are you gonna get any for like, yeah to give out and he's like no i have my personal ones he's like i'm gonna let whoever actually wants one to get him and i was like all right i guess that's fair so i was fucking determined to motherfucking get one (laughs) dude i ended up getting like a good amount of hats well because like i was like on the like i would get one check out and then go back get one check out like i was like messaging jessica's like i was like dude they're all sold out and she's like try this one i was all getting sizes yeah. that didn't even fit but for the az script, yeah there's there's only one was gone the az script one i was like oh my god i fucking got it i sent him a screenshot like look order confirmed and then um everybody started getting their hats you know and i'm like yo i haven't got any of my orders <laughs> confirmed 
And then he goes, maybe they thought you were a bot because you would check out, like, one after the other. And I'm like, oh, my God, I hope that's not what happened. Um, especially because it's a girl's name. I hope, like, they don't think it's yeah. a bot. And then... Um, and then they gave me my refund for my AZ script pad. And I was like, that's what I actually, like, really, really cared for. So I, what I was thinking when it actually went live, I don't think they had any AZ scripts, like, to put on the site, to be, to be honest with you. I think they all sold out in store because they had multiple stores that they spread it out in Colorado. Oh. So it's just not one specific store. So if they sold them, because they opened up an hour early. So if they sold out in store, like nothing was going to make it onto the site. And they probably didn't update it on yeah, the website. Yeah, and it didn't update. And if it went live, like it didn't update on time. Because people, there was like 600 people waiting on the site. Like, like not a couple, like literally minutes, like minutes from the drop. Like, and that's how the, that's the reason why the site crashed. Yeah, the, the owner went like on live and explained like, yo, the website crashed. They did not think that you were going to sell out like yeah. that. Mm -mm. And I just checked and they're all sold out. We, I checked. Yeah, we were checking. I checked. They're all out of stock. Yeah. And but they, they sold out like that, that day. Uh, a few of them did. The only ones that didn't sell out were, uh, I think the Yankee one, Toronto, and then like a couple of uh, Yankee, I'm surprised. the Rockies because it was... The, <laughs> I feel like everybody wants a Yankee hat. Uh, no, you'd be surprised. Everybody hates. Everybody hates. Well, I think the hat community wants... is different, but like streetwear in general, uh, everyone I mean, has one. Two of the top teams right now are D backs and Astros, the Houston Astros. So D the two, yeah, the two. <laughs> it's because they have the best logos. Yeah. So when it dropped, like it dropped in the store, like it. Mm -hmm. So for your next drop, do you plan to be in store? Uh, I'm pushing so hard to get it released out here in Chandler because there's a pro image right there. So I'm pushing really, really hard to like make it exclusive because it sucks because like there was a lot of people who were in AZ that wanted it. And that's what kind of bummed me out because it's like, dude, like the, the like what are the chances of you having an actual connect that lives in Colorado yeah. and then like buying it for retail? Like everybody who's been buying it right now. Like, I even got, like, even after, like, the whole drop, like, I got people messaging me, like, bro, I have to buy a resale. Like, I didn't want to buy a resale, but, I like, I have to because it's my favorite hat. That was going to be my next question. Like, I saw, like, people were paying hella money to rebuy it or to, you know. It was, like, three three times the price. It was, I like, think. three times the price. I think, like, right now, the last one that I've seen that went up was, like, 180 They were selling for 180 Like, that's crazy to me. And Does that bother it? you um, that people resell it? To, uh, at first it did Isn't that at first like a good did. thing though? It's a good thing But I, it really did bother me Because it's like Damn bro Like he, Someone else actually wanted that Like mm -hmm. You're just really trying to make a buck But I, I That's when the sneak, That's when the sneaker Like in, the sneaker enthusiast in me came out Because yeah. it's like If it was a shoe I would have done the same thing Like I would have just gone for the buck Like even if it's not for a personal Because you like, know that they want they, they, it Yeah it's just for the market mm -hmm. So that's why I'm like That's that's how I knew Oh well the 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 hat community is exactly like the sneaker community. Yeah. Oh, there was another thing I learned um, during your job. So I would comment on like the photos, and then people would message me saying that they had um what was it the term? Oh, they got you on an assist. An assist. There you go. They so would I'm tell like, you that. Yeah, I would be like, what the fuck? All these people are messaging me about assist. I'm like, what is that? So assist is a term that people who are not local, like uh, if they do a New York drop. Someone's gonna message you saying, "Oh, well, I got you on this hat, this size. Just give me an extra thirty bucks, and I include, and I'll include shipping." 
<laughs> so it's like literally just people, people like, making trying to make it. money yeah like it hadn't even dropped this is days before i'll just put like fire emojis i got you with the assist like five people Dude, i'm like crazy. relax you go to my page how many hats am i wearing so, <laughs> like once this like collection dropped they saw how well it did like did they say come on let's do a second drop yeah. Uh, they they said it before like even this drop had happened like they said like after this drop like let's make sure you like we get a hold of you again and then we'll do a future one and at first i wasn't gonna make a reverse one yet because i thought it was very too soon like i thought it was way too soon mm -hmm. um so i was just gonna release uh like a, like three or four like a four pack of hats which is like only four designs mm -hmm. and then cat which was the new era rep she's like not nah, just release the reverse one by the time like by the time those come in like then you know the original ones come in you'll have so much time like in between for the next ones to drop so like right now that's like right now people are pretty going crazy because i get dms like i have my dms turned off right now on fatal a but no it's bad people you will be asking about like the mock-up just to pre-order it like especially the san diego one people want the san diego because they think it's through you but it's, but, it'd be, yeah, but you have no through, control over no like control the over site it, yeah. the the amounts and, and the price like you have no say other than the design being oh, oh i still get people messaging me about oh is the original is the original pack gonna restock any day and i'm like bro i don't know i mean that's on them if they want to restock it then hopefully they restock it but i also i just it's gone. It, well, it's it's just to the point where it's also I kind of want to also make it in under my name. Yeah. So that's why I've, I filed like paperwork for the fatal eight thing to be like actually legit. Mm -hmm. That way I can actually get a new era rep account and then I make the profit out of it because I didn't really make money off of this drop that just happened. Mm -hmm. It was just more of just like, oh, just trying to get you out there and then we'll go from there. Like see how people receive yeah. you and receive the product and your designs. Which it sucks a little bit, but at the same time, like this showed you like, if you do that, like yeah. you could do hella, like yeah, people want your possible. stuff, you yeah, know? I mean, I just, in the years that I've done so much, like, cause I've been everywhere, like I've done so much creative work. Mm -hmm. It's opened up my eyes to like, not limit yourself to what you have um in the in the like and how i can define this is more of the fact that like even if you don't like even if you're not legal if you're on daca like you can accomplish so many so many things only if you surround yourself with the right people and have the right mindset and that's one of my that's been one of my biggest like that's one of the like biggest goals and just like determinations is trying to like get my family out of the of the hood or the slums because yes. that's what i would say all the time like i'm trying to get my friends out the slums <laughs> and then like now that i'm finally starting to do like so many things like it's opened up a lot more and there's a lot of opportunities that like come and go but there's a lot of stuff that i also just have to put to the side because it's like i also got to deal with my mental health and i gotta make sure that that shit's good because no yeah i can't balance too many things as i was as a kid especially now so so when is that? You said like maybe in two months. Like two months. Like drop. two months. The reverse one should you drop. You heard it here first, folks. So hopefully that one does as good as it's, as the first one did. I'm I'm pretty positive it will do the same because there's a lot of like great teams that are gonna. There's a lot of good teams that are on that pack that I didn't get the chance to make it to the. Okay, first so they're one, gonna so. be different. Different teams, yeah. Is there gonna there's be an easy? No, there's gonna be an easy for, okay, sure. for sure. It has to be an Arizona one. So it's funny because when it dropped, like, I remember seeing, like, people that I didn't even know knew you. Like, they'll be like, oh, they're reposting your stuff. And I was like, oh, that's tight. You know, like, small world. Mm -hmm. Like, it's I just a lot cool of homies. to see. I a lot of, had a lot of Cobra homies repost my shit. <laughs> 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 a, lot of, a lot of Cobra homies. But it was cool. It was, it was cool to see all that, like, 
you know, all that excitement for one person, you know, especially someone who has DACA, mm -hmm. like that shit really opened up my eyes to a lot. Cause it's like, damn, bro, I really, I really, I made it somewhere. Like I made it pretty far. Cause yeah. like, and kind of like going back to the first topic, like how it felt, I just felt like I always had to play the catch up game with everybody. Mm -hmm. Like I would always see like family and friends online, especially friends like from high school and middle school. Like they were, they already had their lives settled in. So like when I finally got DACA, like I didn't have a car. Like I literally felt, like, even to this day, I still feel like I have to play the catch up game with everybody. No, yeah, but you should be proud of yourself because oh, yeah. there's people that were born here and mm -hmm. like they have not done any of that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I, I definitely feel that a lot. Cause like, I don't know, a lot of people too. I kind of feel you when you said that you didn't like sharing that you had DACA because people like when you tell people you're not from here, they automatically be like, damn, they're hurting. Like They judge you. This shit sucks. Yeah. Even, especially jobs. Like I hated, I hated my biggest thing, like applying at new jobs was showing them my permit. I hate that. Like and I hate my that you social, have to do that. Because it had like, oh, only authorized to work. Like that shit hurt me. Like I lost so many great, I like great opportunities. And I'm pretty sure I could probably was the better candidate to get the job. Mm -hmm. But the fact that like I was not like from here and that I had to renew my shit every two years kind of played a big factor. Like, oh, well, he has this and this and that. Like, oh, what if it disappears, you know? And he's like a good employee. Like, what do we do? Mm -hmm. So that was one of my biggest things. And that shit would bum me out. Like after jobs, like job interviews that I would, that I would go to. Cause it's like, Damn, they're really judging you off of, like, your paperwork because no, that shit yeah. sucks. Yeah. So, like, I know you had mentioned that you had, like, traveled, for, like, with the permit. Was it work-related purposes? Yeah. yeah, it was work. You can do it for work and school. Yeah, that and, like, family emergencies and oh, stuff yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, family emergencies are one of the biggest ones, and that's why a lot of people do apply for the permit. And you know what's crazy? A lot of people don't know that that exists. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just doing your research. Because it's... it's scary. Were you oh, were you yeah. scared the first time you went to scared. Mexico? I was scared traveling just in, to Chicago. Like, I was just... That was my first trip ever, like, out of, like, like flying. No, yeah. I was, I was terrified because I'm like, damn, like, I have DACA. Like, I have an ID. Like, that's cool. But, like... I don't have a, like a, I don't have a, like a, what is it? A passport. Passport. I don't have a passport. So I'm like, what if I have to bring a passport and I don't even know it? I know. So luckily you just have to use your ID. But yeah. When I travel, I have to bring hella shit. I hate it. Cause I'm like, what if I get caught up? <laughs> you start start bringing electric bills from your house and <laughs> your school diploma and shit because like i go yeah. through a lawyer and he'll be like don't drive fly and i'm like why and he's like it's safer and i'm it's like so when i drive to cali i'm all scared and shit but you're not you're yeah. safe you know but, you just oh, okay. yeah. but the first time we traveled together like on on a plane lorena was so stressed out and me like um, i've talked about it before how my mom would send me to Mexico, like international, like air, airport ten bags, like ten oh, bags. Oh, they're scary. They're very different from the U.S. ones. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, bro, this is nothing. But I, I mean, it's different because I don't have to deal with the DACA. But seeing her so stressed out about it, it was funny because she's my sister. But I'm like, cool. damn, you really stress about traveling to Utah. <laughs> yeah, but like the first time I had to go through TSA and she was like all scared. I she felt was like, like I was they gonna ask for my fingerprints? <laughs> what are they going to ask me? Why do we have to take off our shoes? That's how I was too though. Like even the first time I was on, I was online looking at like, cause you know, there's community like forums and stuff for like DACA members and even on Facebook, like especially on Facebook. We have hella. We'll be, like, we'll be like, oh, how does it feel to travel for the first time? Like I'm scared. What are they going to ask me? Oh, and everybody's just like, Nah, you shouldn't be scared. Like it's it's cool. They're just gonna ask you for ID, and you just go through. Be like, we're praying for you. Yeah, they, they literally say that like, oh, prayers. It's is like a whole ass DACA community. Mm -hmm. 
Are you in it? You be speaking in the Facebook group? I had, I was in it when I had Facebook. When you cared? Not nah, just kidding. Dude, like, <laughs> He's like, I got it already. Yeah, I already yeah. made it. <laughs> Low key, the other day I was like, shit, when I have to renew my DACA, like for a moment, I forgot because yeah. I'd be over here living life. I'm like, my shit's about to expire. Just kidding. Shit, I'd be like that too. Luckily, my mom's the one that reminds me or my lawyer. Like, they're the ones like, yo, you got to keep this shit up to date, bro. Like, they'll give me a call like two, three months, like before the thing expires. Like, hey, come in. Like, we got you. Oh, you, yeah. My lawyer does that too. It's funny because I'm not going to say who it is, but if she's listening, she knows who she is, but <laughs> she forgot to renew her stuff. Oh, and she couldn't shit. work i was like girl this is how you she still can't work right now no this is like years ago no. but like she forgot and she was like this is my last day of work and i'm like bro how you forget that's crazy because you, you had to do that like four months yeah, ahead i'm like paranoid i'll be like five months i'm like can i come in they'll be like you still got two months i'm all no, paranoid it's, yeah it's scary like i've seen people who forget about it just for like a whole year and then you have to reapply as a brand new like a oh, yeah. And you can't like a new, like a new DACA uh, recipient, which sucks because they're not taking no uh, application. So you kind of just fucked yourself up. Like going back to, I know we keep bringing up DACA, but it's because like, I don't know a lot of people that have DACA. But it's, oh, that shit's, that shit's... I know everybody that, I, I feel like half my friends have DACA. I don't have a lot of people. So like the first time you went to like get your metrics done, were you like nervous as hell? Oh, hell yeah. My mom left. My mom dropped my ass off there. Like if I was getting dropped off at the border of Mexico, Dude, she, like, she said, I don't even, I'm going to stand, I'm going to park across the street because at the time she you know she didn't have like her uh her stuff yeah. so she's like i'll park across the street if there's anything if anything happens give me a call and i'm like bro you just gonna leave me out here like i'm this shit look like i'm stranded it's like first when you go in there they're like shut off your phone and you're like why yeah. like, what the fuck and then they're like <laughs> like they're not as crazy no more because like they have progressed but i remember going in there and like take off your shoes turn off your phone no electronics uh, and then you're sitting there and everybody's quiet and then you go up there and they like they're like go like this and you're like they're like any tattoos and you're like you're like scared funny. what's bro. funny is that uh when like you see the progress of like me not giving a fuck about my permit Why? like throughout the pictures because the first picture that i take all fucking button up professional <laughs> and shit clean cut and then like after the few years like it starts to get worse like oh beard not even trim like no haircut <laughs> like i feel like i look busted each, like i'm just like oh shit i need to go get my they're like passport photos pretty yeah. much half your lashes are off <laughs> Good thing it's like kind of like um washed out. Yeah, it's like black and white. So it looks like a fingerprint. So if you actually look at it, like you can't even see the face on it. No, yeah. You know, your mom dropping you off like half like across the street of the building reminds me with my when my mom would drop me off at the airport. This is just to explain like how scared like immigrants are that when my mom would take me to the airport, she would drop me off like like not even at the front door. Like, she was like, no, there's cops. They're going to yeah. see me. They're going to take me. Like, Jessica with, like, 10 bags. Like, so I would literally travel. Like, she could have went with me inside all the way up to, like, to say, you know, like, to help me with my luggage. So I would, like, be in there by myself. Like, I didn't know what the fuck. But, yeah, it's just how scared people are. But I wanted to bounce back a little bit to the hats. Um, how was it having your stuff reviewed by Views from the Vault? Oh, so I feel like a lot of people don't know, right? Um, so views from the vault is one of the biggest. Um, they're like one of the biggest platforms on like just the hat community itself. Um, and they review every hat that comes out. They pick see if it's the best one, see if it's a shitty one, or like who's doing the like who's doing the best jobs and stuff like that. Um, so it was I think it was a Sunday when it happened. They reviewed my whole pack. The main guy he reviews he reviewed it. 
and like he just he was just saying that it was one of the like best drops of the year and like that shit made me so happy because it's like bro it's my first drop like the fact that views from the vault has it like they're actually displaying all my hats like that shit it was it was surreal like it was because it's one thing to get love from community but then when someone like in it is not higher it's very different because it's like damn like now that my hats are on there like people are actually like aware of, like let's keep an eye on like fatal eight like it's or like, they don't even know who i am they don't even know who the owner of fatal eight is it's they like just, validating yeah. too and then like people will be like oh, okay then we could, we could really fuck with him because yeah. someone like that's just how people work these days you know so it's it's been like i said it's been a cool experience i've i've enjoyed it i think i've done in the little time i think i've enjoyed my fatal eight stuff that i've done with just my company than my photography to be honest with you and i've done that shit for like seven years so but i feel feel more excitement in my my hats no yeah but it's definitely played like a huge role to getting you there huh yeah for sure so did photography also help you get this like interview slash article done it was on um it was recent it was last year Uh, just in 2022 voyage voyage mag um yeah that one Mm -hmm. uh, so i've been in like four, five magazines. I've been in like two lowrider ones. Canvas Rebel. Yeah, um, they're one of them. I've been in the lowrider ones because I used to do a lot of like lowrider photography, like pinup, with my one of my best friends. And I've been in like three other fashion ones. But I, as a matter of fact, I think I have them in my house, like the actual magazines. So like when my mom got to see that, like she knew that like I was doing something good like that shit made her cry and I'm like damn like that shit is deep because like I've never seen my parents like be like happy for the stuff that I was doing so to see them like actually find excitement in my photography and like love for it like that shit really like opened up everything like that shit really made me realize how much I really loved photography even if it's a business factor now like I really I genuinely still love it it's just I'm trying to balance out where it's just business and I also want to do my side projects, which is what I love doing like with my fun. friends. Mm-hmm. What would you say for people that feel like everything's so saturated now? Like, do you still tell um, them to try or to hit it at a different angle? Like, what would you say for someone wanting to, like, get into what you have done? Even with it being saturated, like, as photography is now, if photography is one of the, the main things that people want to focus on or whatever they want to do, like music, it doesn't matter. No matter how saturated it is, as long as you, you're in the right environment with the right people and you are willing to connect with people, you'll, you'll get pretty far. Um, don't, you know, don't, I think one of the main things that people kind of settle to is like having that momentary, like momentarily happiness mm-hmm. where it's like you're set where you're at and you don't want to move. You don't want to progress or anything because you're doing it or you're doing pretty good already. Um, and that's what a lot of photographers here like that's their main issue. Like they don't, they don't, they're not willing to break out of their bubble or do other, like other things. Like people, there's photographers who strictly just do lingerie stuff, or photographers who do product photography, and that's all they're gonna focus on. Mm-hmm. That's one of the main, that's one of the main issues that a lot of photographers have where they can't find gigs because it's like people are looking for specific gigs, and if you can't fulfill that, like, and you're only doing one specific thing, you're only you're only gonna lean towards that specific thing, you know. So for me. I wanted to branch out with whatever that I could because, like, what are the chances of, like, there's going to be more opportunities for you, like, graduation photography, wedding photography, aerial photography, like, even just taking pictures for homes. I've taken pictures for homes, like, for people who are selling their houses. Oh, yeah. 
Like I've done almost, I've done almost everything. Like I just wanted to dip my toes into everything and just, for me, it was more of just learning because I love learning. I love learning about my photography equipment. Like I, I love that shit. Like it's, if I'm going to, if I'm investing so much money that I'm going to, I'm willing to learn, I'm willing to put in time to learn every little thing that that camera does. So I think it's just more just breaking out the bubble and just being social and just allowing yourself to be open to everybody. Yeah. It's it's pretty shitty because you're gonna experience shitty people, you know. Because I've, I've like I said, I've done it for seven years. I've had so many shitty people like come through my life that just came in for specific things and they would leave. No, yeah, for um, sure. So being able to just, you know, it's honestly just being able to be an open book and just willing to learn. And I feel like I mean I'm I don't know about photography or anything, but I just feel like now like just being on TikTok, like social media, especially TikTok, like a lot of people use that to their advantage. Like mm-hmm. I feel like. You could definitely grow and get some attention through TikTok, Instagram, and then I feel like that's like a big thing too. Yeah, I mean, after TikTok came out, photography pretty much went like there ain't really you're not gonna see no photography on IG anymore. Yeah, it's literally reels and videos, and that's it. Yeah. So that's one of the main issues for me because it's like now that that's happening, like even if I post my photography, like it's not gonna get seen. Like, yeah. you can it can be the best photography. It can be the best photography. You can be the best photographer in the world, and it's just gonna get just dropped down because of reels. Yeah. So now it's like you have to learn videography. Like, if you're a photographer, you have to learn videos, and you have to literally work on that. And then that's it. Who knows if photography might even come back to Instagram like it used to? It's very different, also. That's interesting. So like, cause you seem like a just like a creative as a whole like you're into photography designing so is that what led you to start a podcast with christopher uh mm, not really honestly just i think we just wanted to talk about random shit that happens in our lives and we're like fuck it let's just start a podcast like i'm already listening to podcasts like it'd be fun to just talk about like the stuff we see now like like cobra or just like our lives growing up and like the shit that we've experienced as a photographers like because we we're literally like two peas in a pod literally like we're together all the time mm-hmm. so even when we were doing photography like we were together all the time so we got to experience so many things together so starting the photography i mean the podcast i was like well, we might as well just do it bro we can talk about like shit that we've seen and doing for like doing photography because we have a lot of stuff like even scary stories like hauntings and shit so yeah yeah i feel like for us that's how it was too like we're together all the time anyways might as well just talk about like stuff that's happened to us and how we think about it and stuff like that it's really fun like having a podcast no it is fun so do you feel like you guys will ever or would you go back to it because i felt like i liked listening to you guys because i don't know like well there is other podcasts that are local but i don't really fuck with them (laughs) Yeah. because they're very talk about the same thing well not that not so much that i just can't relate to them because they're younger yeah. you know oh, they yeah. seem younger and they talk about like they're they're growing up yeah really. or like um, the stuff they're into and obviously we're different yeah. so i felt like you guys were very relatable but um i don't know i, I mean we're just really busy he's busy i'm busy so the time that we do have is very like limited and like when he's off like he just wants to relax like i understand it like it's you know i can't press him to like record um but i don't know maybe i don't know social boys will probably get back soon maybe one day i don't know 
But just it's more of a talk with him and seeing if he wants to do it or not. So like since you have like, you know, you started these projects and businesses, like what would you say to some to someone that's like considering starting but they're like, "Oh, I have kids or, you know, what it is, I have money's an issue or time or like any excuse." Like what what advice would you give? Um Damn, that's a good question. I honestly, I I think one of the biggest things is I mean, for me, it's like, I would always tell myself that just like, I know, I'm sure people have heard it, like sky's the limit, like literally, like, bro, if you really put time, no matter, you don't have to, you don't have to have the best equipment, you don't have to have literally the best camera, DJ equipment, whatever it is, production equipment, like as long as you put your mindset to it and you're willing to put, if you're willing to sacrifice time to like learn and just enjoy it. Like overall, just enjoy it and not see the business factor of it till later on, then you'll you'll get pretty far. Like you, anybody can start up a business. Like anybody can pick up a camera. It's just more of being able to, like, um, I think it's more of just being able to express yourself too, and the fact that you you can speak so many different. Like it's literally you can speak languages through photography or anything. To be honest, it's just. I just think that Pete, like I said. I, I don't think people should just be stationary and just content with their lives. I think they should always think above and beyond, like, because there's so many great opportunities out there. It's just you willing to put the, like, time. Look, put the time and just look into it, to be honest. You know, yeah, definitely. And, like, I probably should take my own advice. But I just, like, adding to that, I feel like you also have to see where you're putting your actual time into versus, like... Because a lot of people, including myself, will be like, I don't have time. Yeah. But yeah, like every weekend you're out chilling yeah. with your friends. And like, so that time, you know, you could actually be working on something. So, but yeah, that that's really good advice. And I feel like it should sink into people listening. Because obviously, if you're, cl- you're clicking on this, you're reading the title, you're like interested in growing. And you already know what session 35 is all about wanting to branch out and grow more but thanks for coming on this since i've been waiting for this recording for like a year already oh no you're good thank you guys for having me um oh congratulations on the new name change and thank you it's literally up from here like you guys are doing so good so keep 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 working hard getting some more businesses out here if you guys want Mr. Unholy to hop on, like I will literally tell him to come out here and record with you guys because yes, he has to. a very different perspective in photography and business. So, no, well, yeah, for sure. It's you know, it's it's good to it's good that you guys are allowing creatives to hop on here and you know express how they grew up and also how they balance their regular lives with business because you never know somebody can somebody might be listening to this and like they don't really know what to do if they're stuck in one business project so no yeah for sure and well congrats on your hat collection and the one that's coming so you guys better hopefully fingers crossed that many more come but so everyone go follow um his page fatal eight for the future drop dates and go like up the other posts of the hats go comment or you can hit up jess and tell her oh you got an assist yeah (laughs) dude that's funny but thanks again to christian yes Um, thank you you guys could find his socials um i'll link them below i'm happy that you came on i feel like it's it's nice to hear from other people that have like daca so other people could probably relate and be like that's like not stopping you and then if you don't have daca like this just shows that you have like even greater opportunities to do shit you know 
But I hope you guys got something from this episode and I appreciate all you listening. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. This is session 35. What's up? Session 35.